Hello, this is Bill Lytell, Pastor of Gospel Baptist Church, a little wisdom for your walk. I want to meditate a few minutes on a thing called the priesthood of the believer. Now, this is a this is a Baptist distinctive, and it was just distinctive among Baptists because we believe the Bible literally, normally, in its red sense, and so we do not we do not. Uh, hold to an allegorical interpretation or symbolic interpretation. There's no secret meaning behind the scripture. The Bible is meant to reveal itself, not to hide itself from us. The Holy Spirit is our teacher, according to 1 John. And so the Holy Spirit who wrote the book obviously is qualified to teach us the book. And now God uses instruments. He uses teachers and preachers and evangelists and other people that have been down the road a ways from where we're at and have had life experience and have been tested also, and God has placed them in a position of authority in, in the local church. There's two positions of leadership. That's the pastor and the deacon. Now, they're called by different names, but pastor is called by different four different names in the New Testament, but all the same position. And then the deacon is... Uh, the word dekanos means just to be really to serve. A deacon is not to be a ruler or more of a servant. Well, it goes along with Jesus' words where he said, he that would be the greatest among you be a servant of all. So the more you're a servant, really the greater you are. You serve the local church and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me talk to you a little bit about this whole thing about uh, the, the New Testament believer being a priest. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But you're a chosen generation. This is by Peter himself, of course. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So that's present tense. Born-again believers were royal priesthood, peculiar people, chosen generation, and that's a beautiful thing from God's uh, perspective. Uh, positionally and actively, we are a priest. Now, where's that a whole idea? The priesthood comes from the Old Testament. And in this podcast, I'll not have time to go into that much. But it comes from the Old Testament, Mosaic Law, first five books called the Pentateuch. Talks about a priesthood, set up a priesthood. What is a priest about? He's an interceder, an intercessor between uh, God and man. The priest, if the average Israelite wanted to get to God, he had to go to the priest, uh, do according to the law of Moses, uh, give the priest uh, the offering he brought, have the priest uh, kill the offering, shed the offering's blood on the, on the altar, and uh, etc. And eventually, once a year, the high priest, which was of those, the priesthood was completely the, the tribe of Levi, and the high priesthood was of the tribe, was a family of Aaron and Moses. And so you had you had uh, all the Levites were priests. The three sons of Levites, of course, were the three groups that the, the Levites were divided in to take care of the tabernacle, to set it up, take it down, keep it clean, make the offerings. But their their main work was to intercede between the Israelites and God. If if the average Israelite wanted to know something about God, something from God, he had to go to the priesthood. He had to go to the Levites. Moses, high priest, or when they were around, whoever they followed them, and asked them to intercede with God for them or to tell them what God had to say about it. They were an, a, a select group of people, uh, and as the Bible says, a chosen group of people, 
And, and if we may say a royal group of people that had direct intercession with God like that. But in the New Testament, things changed. Things changed dramatically. Uh, it says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. So Christ now is the ultimate high priest. And what is he? The Bible says in Timothy, there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So Christ now is the one. He shed his blood. And he went on to, after the ascension, he went to the right hand of the Father, on the throne of the Father, making intercession for us, the Bible says. Hebrews 4, 14, 16 says, Seeing then we have a great high priest, that is Jesus Christ, that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly, and listen to this, you got to grab this. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You mean to tell me that the average believer, just the average believer, no special believer, no special call, can come boldly to the throne of grace? Now we're talking to the Holy of Holies. Even among the Levites, only those who followed Aaron and the, priest, the high priesthood of Aaron, and whoever was the high priest for that year uh, were allowed to go into the Holy of Holies once a year with blood, sacrifices of the lambs for himself and then also for the nation. And he could go into that place once a year and offer it upon the mercy seat for interceding for the people. That was rare and that was phenomenal. How much more is it phenomenal that now you as a born-again believer who now have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, which I'll show in a minute, have the very right to the access, to direct access to the throne of grace. Not only direct, but boldly come before the throne of grace. So as our as our intercessor now, the Lord Jesus Christ, in Romans chapter 8, verse 34, says this, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Now read that so that you don't think I'm a while I had Baptist preacher making this stuff up. In uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 26, we also have the Holy Spirit interceding for us. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we all. How many times have I had that? But the Spirit itself making an intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. God intercedes for us in ways we don't know what to do. We don't know how to intercede. So this uh, New Testament Christians were given this tremendous special privilege before God because all of us have the indwelling Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. So I think that's clear enough. This changes everything. The Holy Spirit of God in us uh, gives us direct access to the throne of God, like the Levite, like especially the Aaronic priesthood used to have. Christ, our great high priest, is on the right hand of God making intercession for us. The Holy Spirit, which is now in us, is making intercession for us. The Bible calls us now priests. Every believer is a priest unto God. 
No more cumbersome sacrifice of animals. No more hardship of traveling to the temple. No more inquiring of God through a man. This is why the Catholics are wrong. You do not have to go through a Catholic priest in any way, shape, or form. As I just read you out of 4th chapter 16th verse of Hebrews, you have direct access to the throne of God, folks. No more being shut out of the holiest of holies. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. No more division between us and God. He's right there in you. He's nigh unto you. No more alienation from God because the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, has cleansed us from all sin. No more separation from God by that. No more someone praying for us to God or representing us to God. Because the Bible says in 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6, as I said before, there's one, me- one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. It just keeps getting better. Colossians one twenty seven says, um, To whom God would make known, which is the riches of his glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. First Peter uh, two five says, You also are living stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Now this brings up a whole other subject of our responsibility as a priest now to God. Uh, we are to sacrifice and have what he calls spiritual sacrifices. When a young couple comes to our church at gospel and they say God's called them to go to some a foreign field that's dangerous and it's going to be lonely and it's going to be away from their home country, away from their family, away from their parents, they'll not be there when their mom and dad die. They'll not be there when their grandpa and grandpa die. They're not going to be able to go to their funerals. They're on this, this faraway country who's somewhat hostile to the gospel, but that's where God said to go and sacrifice themselves. You get it? As a priest, we are the sacrifice. Uh, in Romans chapter 8, it makes it clear that it is written, uh, we are killed all the day long, we are sheep to the slaughter. We are literally, personally now, the sacrifice. It, we're asked to sacrifice ourselves the way Christ sacrificed himself for us. Now, it's, it's up to God how that sacrifice plays out. Maybe your sacrifice is to be in the United States, pastor in a church. Maybe your sacrifice is to be a bus captain the rest of your life. Maybe your sacrifice is to be an evangelist, go door-to-door, pass gospel tracts out, live a Christian life, stay away from the world, separate yourself from the wickedness of this world. Uh, Because there's going to be some sacrifice. God's going to call you to stay away from the evil, cling to the good. You're not going to be able to have all the the wild and crazy fun and pleasure this world offers the unsaved folks, that's not yours anymore. You have to stay away from that because a priest can't do what the regular people do. He has to stay away and be separate. And that's what God's asked us to do as this priest of God. Well, I've run out of time. I hope that helps you some. Uh, I like what Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 says, For ye are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, nor there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Let me say this, there's no big shots in the family of God anymore. We're all big shots. We're all children of God. We all have the Holy Spirit. We all have Christ interceding for us on the right hand of God. Folks, you're a big shot with God. You matter to God. He cares about you. He's promoted you to a priesthood, and you stand as a representative in this lost world. You stand, and I stand as a representative to the lost world of who Jesus is and that there's a salvation. Get out there. 
be out there and be the priest that God has asked you to be. This is some wisdom for your walk. God bless you.